So if the plan was to surprise us, well then, mission accomplished, Kevin Durant. Hi, you're listening or watching the Unnecessary Nonsense Pod Extra on the either the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast YouTube channel or on the podcast feed. So normally I don't do a lot of these, especially not in both venues at the same time, but I thought it'd be worthwhile to talk about Game 5 of the NBA Finals, but also kind of the implications that came out of it given a minor injury to a largely irrelevant player. I say that mostly in jest, but uh, let me talk about Game 5 a little bit first, and then I'll get to the Kevin Durant thing, and then some other things that played off of it. When I'm going through this, I just want to make clear something that I, you know, I've said on the podcast before, but if you've never seen, if you've never listened to the podcast or never seen the YouTube channel, I'm based out of the GTA. So I'm near, I'm near Toronto. Basically, I uh, go to Toronto to go to work. So it's not far from me. So I'm near the Mecca of Raptordom, the original Jurassic Park and not the offshoots all over the country. So for me though, it's interesting because I'm old enough where I was in high school, basically, when the Raptors really started, when the franchise began, but I never really latched onto them. They're not my team. Baseball was really my first, uh, my first love, and then followed by hockey, being that I'm in Canada, football came after that, and basketball was always kind of, you know, I wouldn't even say fourth, probably rugby or some other, you know, random sport that you can insert here would probably have ranked higher than basketball for me. It was just never a sport that I gravitated to that I was interested in. But with that said, I've developed more of an appreciation as the years have gone by. This year, I would say I've watched more basketball than any other time. But when it comes to some of the way some of these games have played out, it's not like you need to be a basketball expert. If you really want to get into the X's and O's of the way the game's being played, then certainly it helps. But you can appreciate the athleticism and what's happening and the storylines, really. What the NBA brings is the storylines. So what we're talking about here when you're looking at Game 5 is you're looking at a tale of kind of two things happening. The Golden State Warriors had to play desperate. And in the early part of the game, with Kevin Durant coming back from his injury, which was a surprise to me because on the podcast, one of the very first things I said, now I took a different angle on it than other people did in a way, is that I'm sure other people have spoken about it. But for me, looking at it from Kevin Durant's camp, there's almost nothing to gain. There's really only one scenario that would have worked. They were down three games to one. They needed to win three games in a row to come back in the seven-game series against Toronto. Toronto was going on all cylinders. Kawhi Leonard is just about was just about sealing his you know his path to being the uh, NBA Finals MVP. It looked like everything was ready to go, and they were playing in Toronto. Everything was ready to go, and the crowd was going to be hot. But then Kevin Durant decided to surprise me and a lot of other people by actually deciding to play. The reason why I said that it would make no sense to me is so the best case scenario. What is it? Well, Kevin Durant comes in, lights it up, plays extremely well, leads the team, galvanizes them, and leads them to victory in Game 5. They win in Game 6. They win in Game 7. Kevin Durant, you know, shoots lights out and somehow wins a Finals MVP playing only really four games, or three games, actually. So that's the best-case scenario. And it puts, like, an exclamation mark on Kevin Durant's resume. He completes the three-peat. You know, maybe wins that Finals MVP, as I said. It, it, it builds another element to his legacy. It just adds another piece to that puzzle, to what's already been kind of a Hall of Fame puzzle for Kevin Durant. The truth is, though, almost every other scenario would go badly. Maybe Kevin Durant comes and plays well, but they still lose game five, and the series is over, and you came back for nothing. Or maybe you win a game, you, and then you lose in game six, or lose in game seven. Anything where the Golden State Warriors don't win the championship, it's a cute story. It's a good look for Kevin Durant that he came back from the injury, but who cares? It's irrelevant. You know, and if he was an aging veteran, then this is kind of my point with the Kevin Durant thing. If he was an aging veteran who was on his last legs and needed to win this championship to, you know, put a cap on their career because they've never won, I get it. Then amputate the leg and let's go. 
But for Kevin Durant, who's come off two NBA Finals MVP performances and has two rings in the last two years, you know, trying for a third one this year with Golden State, there's almost nothing to gain and everything to lose. So as far as Kevin Durant coming into play, we can choose our path. We can be cynical. We can say Kevin Durant wanted to prove his haters wrong. He wanted to prove that, no, I know that I don't have to come back and play to prove anything, but I'm going to do it anyway to come back and prove something to you. We can take the angle We can take the angle that they would suggest. We can say, oh, Kevin Durant just wanted to play so badly and help his teammates. He just needed to get out there. All right. Or we can take the angle that the, the team tried to put some pressure on him. There's a lot of ways we can take it. But either way, he came. And in the early going, he was playing well before he got injured. But then he did get injured. And, you know, reports are still early because he hasn't had an MRI on the injury yet. But it is, you know, it's expected based on the comments at the post game. It's an Achilles injury. And depending on the severity, not only would he be out for the series, it jeopardizes next NBA season. So now Kevin Durant's decision takes on a bigger context. So now going into game six, which I'll talk about in a minute, but let's, let's stick to this one. So what happens now if the Warriors lose in game six? Now they're going to go back to Oracle, but maybe they're running on fumes. So if Toronto wins in game six, they become the NBA champions. And then the Golden State Warriors are back to the drawing board and Kevin Durant is on the shelf, potentially on the shelf next season too. And that could affect his entire future going forward. That's scenario one. Scenario two, they find a way to win back the cha- They find a way to win games, game six and game seven and win the championship. We won it for Kevin. Great story, but still, you blew out your Achilles potentially for hoping that your team can win two in a row when Toronto, up until that point, had been playing extremely well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of scenarios that really, I don't think, go very well. And if you're making a decision, if you think about it like a business decision, which to me in that scenario, it is a business decision. You made a conscious choice. And that's why I'll say a little bit about how I feel about the Kevin Durant decision myself. When you make that conscious decision, you have to really look at what's the best that can happen here and what's the worst that can happen here. And almost everything was the worst that could have happened. And basically, almost the worst case scenario is coming to pass. The only way that would be worse is if Golden State loses either six game six or game seven. And it truly was for nothing. So that is yet to be decided. But for now, talking about game five. So they start off shooting extremely well. Then Kevin Durant goes down. Golden State still has a lead for a while. And then Toronto manages to come back. Now, from Toronto's perspective, this scenario almost couldn't have played out any better. Kevin Durant came, you know, gave them a lift and then was gone. And Golden State was shooting almost as well as they could shoot in the first quarter and in the early part. But then they started missing a couple of shots, and Toronto was able to chip their way back into the game. And they were able to get a six-point lead with about three minutes left. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was about three minutes left, with a chance to go up eight. And it's at this point where I'm trying to figure out, you know, Kawhi Leonard had run off, I think, 10 straight points or 12 straight points, some ridiculous number, and he was kind of, you know, almost sealing his case for finals MVP. And then all of a sudden, the Raptors inexplicably just start doing bizarre things. They just struggled to actually put together decent shots and they managed to allow Golden State to get back into the game and take the lead. But even then, with all that said, with 15 seconds left, they're down by one with the opportunity to go to go down the court and to score a single basket. Two points would be enough to get the lead and potentially seal the win and win the NBA championship in Toronto in front of your home fans. The crowd goes wild. You know, the, we'd still be cleaning up the debris over in, over in Toronto right now. But instead, they kind of pass the ball around, you know, seemingly unfazed by the, by the reality of it, make some very bizarre decisions, and then end up throwing up kind of a, kind of a poor low-percentage three-point shot. So needless to say, the Golden State Warriors, you know, ran away 
kind of stealing the game at the end. Even though they had been in control for a large chunk of that game, they did cough it up. And then once they coughed it up, it really did look like Toronto had it in their hands. There's a, there was a lot of things there in the closing sequence, which, which was probably the only, well, maybe the worst uh, coaching little sequence there of the entire series for Nick Nurse. With all that said, they still had every opportunity to win that game. Uh, they did come back. So there's a lot of positives if you're Toronto. Where does that leave them for game six? I don't know if anybody has momentum. So they're going to be at Oracle. I suspect the crowd will be loud. I suspect they'll be supportive. It'll really, really depend on how well the Golden State Warriors are able to stay in the game. Toronto can take the crowd out of the game very early. And if they do, then, you know, they should be awarded the trophy in, in Golden State. If not, then game seven becomes very interesting because then it is back in Toronto. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of tension in that building if it goes to seven. With that, with that said, I expect Toronto to win, but I have every opportunity here to be neutral on it where it doesn't really matter to me either way. The the 3P would be interesting. The comeback would be interesting. But at the same time, Toronto winning would be good for the city. It would be good for the fan base who have been very loyal. And I think in the long run, it would be good for basketball to have a little bit of that international flavor, just to have a team outside of, uh, outside of the United States actually win a championship that hasn't had a lot of success otherwise. You know, they've been to the playoffs, they've done fairly well, but they would always get bounced. Just having that one magical run would be enough to kind of set the fan base into a different area. And the NBA wants that international flavor. So it wouldn't be bad for the NBA to have that. Ratings, the American television uh, networks would hate it, but for one season, you can live with it. Now, that leaves me with addressing the other element, the elephant in the room. So there were some vocal Toronto Raptors fans who cheered on as they discovered that Kevin Durant was injured. And of course, that led into a whole cycle of us classless, classless. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be completely honest with you. As I said, I'm fairly neutral as far as the outcome of the series. I do favor the Raptors slightly only because, like as I said, it would be great for the fan base. It would be great for the, for the city. It would be great to see. And also, as great as the Golden State Warriors have been, it would be interesting to see somebody else win. So from, that, from those perspectives, I would favor them slightly. But the truth is, as I said, if Golden State wins, I'm not bothered by that. With that said, I don't care about Kevin Durant getting hurt. I'm not going to cheer. I wouldn't put myself in the group of people that would cheer Kevin Durant's injury. You know, you don't wish an injury on anybody. But at the same time, I don't care. If the man gets run over by a car, I don't care. Maybe I'm a jerk. Maybe I'm a mean-spirited person. But at the same time, like, you live your life. You made a decision. It's one thing if it's an accident. It's one thing if, you know, fate befell you the wrong way and something happened. You know, you contracted a horrific illness. These are things beyond your control. It's another thing when you are injured, you have an injury, people know you have an injury, the likelihood of you re-injuring yourself is great, and you as an adult, a fully functioning adult, make a decision to go and take on an athletic endeavor, not at your YMCA, but in a professional basketball arena, playing for the championship of your sport at a high level, trying to help your team come back and win in a series. You have taken this risk into your hands. And whether the team convinced you to do it, whether you simply decided to out of a sense of duty or out of a sense, or, you know, if I take that cynical approach I mentioned earlier, out of a sense of, I can build my legacy off of this. Regardless of your rationale, it was a terrible business decision. And from that perspective, I can't respect it. I don't care about the heroic element of it. No, you were stupid. And to be blunt, when you make a stupid decision, if something bad happens to you, I don't feel bad for you. And there's no really no reason for me to feel bad for you. He's a multi-multi-multi-millionaire who could have made even more multi-millions and may still do so. I would expect, you know, he'll still get a contract of some kind. But he jeopardized it because of, at least to some level, in my opinion, ego. Which is fine, but then I'm not going to cry any tears for you. 
I don't have time in my life to cry any tears for you when you made that decision yourself. And it was a bad decision. So it was a gamble that didn't pay off. And at the end of the day, Kevin Durant's going to have to live with that. And maybe he will. Maybe he'll be okay with it. I don't know what then, what then that leads. The interesting thing, though, from the NBA perspective is if that injury turns out to be a long-term thing, if it actually leads to reverberations, if it has a long-term impact, that could affect the New York Knicks, assuming that they were in the driver's seat, which most people believe they would be. The New York Knicks were probably in a driver's seat to get Kevin Durant. Most people expected that Kevin Durant would probably leave Golden State. But regardless, even if he had considered staying with Golden State, well, if he's not available next season, it hurts Golden State, which shifts the balance of power in the West. It makes that a little bit more interesting. The Knicks were counting on Kevin Durant potentially coming to save them in the East. Well, if that's not in play, it suddenly gets a lot more interesting. And then missing out on Zion gets even worse for the New York Knicks. So it has an impact on the East. It has an impact all over. Because all of a sudden, one player that could potentially be a game changer for a lot of franchises is no longer available, at least potentially. Whether he's available or not as a free agent or in whatever the case is, is a different story. He may not be available, available to play. And that's going to have ramifications throughout the NBA. So again, that was a decision made potentially by one man for whatever reasons he decided to do it that has an impact all over the sport. So it is interesting. But that's why I say I don't feel bad for the guy. And I have nothing to feel bad for him for. For his sake, hopefully, Golden State is able to galvanize themselves and, you know, are able to uh, go there and win one for Kevin. But if they don't, then that's just an exclamation point on what ultimately was a terrible decision. And if that's the case, then he's good. Then I hope he's content with living with the ramifications of that choice. So that's really a lot of the things I wanted to talk about. Good luck to both teams in game six. We'll have to see how that plays out. Game six is on Thursday, so I'm recording this on a Tuesday, the day after the game, uh, game five happened. Depending on the scheduling, we may end up recording, I don't know if we're going to be able to record the podcast on Thursday. That's my intention. As I said, this video or audio that you're hearing is either on a podcast feed or on the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast YouTube channel. Occasionally, I'll make videos like this, depending if, if an event warrants it. Otherwise, we put an archive of the podcast on there. Check it out. We would love for you. We would love to hear your feedback. You know, you can tell me what an idiot I am, you know, or how cold and heartless I am for not feeling bad for Kevin Durant. Regardless of whether, you know, how you feel about that, I'd, we'd still like to hear your feedback on it. Otherwise, we can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll be back in some context before this weekend, talking about other sports topics. We'll probably talk more about this. And we'll talk about maybe where we think the NBA Finals is going to go, assuming it goes past Game 6. Because if we do record on Thursday, I don't know if we'll be recording before the game, during the game. I don't think we'll be able to record after the game because it'll be a little bit late to get a podcast going. Maybe we'll push it to Friday. It's hard to tell, but we'll figure it out. Anyway, appreciate you listening as always. And then we will catch you on the next episode or podcast extra of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching.